Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash My Money Health Check. Hi everybody, it's Rob here, the producer of the Witch Money podcast. Just wanted to let you know that as ever, we have recorded on Thursday, but we recorded before the government's latest travel announcement. So the information that you hear is all still relevant, but we don't have the very latest updates on the travel traffic light list. So for all of that information, go to witch.co.uk forward slash travel. You'll have all that information there and any other important developments too. I'll be back later to tell you about our new podcast, Witch Investigates, and I hope you enjoy this episode. We are Witch. Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. Isn't it strange now to think that there was once a time when the only question mark really around your trip was... Something like, you know, how many outfits to pack or what factor sun cream to take. On the medical expenses front, all the policies that we're aware of are pretty much unaffected by COVID. So they will all cover you if you get sick or you have to return early. But it's on the cancellation front where there are lots and lots of exclusions that apply. The traffic light list and the FCDO advice don't match when it comes to ambulance destinations. And as the airlines are still running, even if you don't want to go, you're not automatically entitled to a refund. This week, I'm joined by witch experts Jenny Ross and Naomi Leach for a bumper episode on travel. We'll be covering everything you need to know before booking or going on your next holiday. We've got so much advice on cancellations and refunds, how to protect yourself financially when booking and the best travel insurance. And this one is crucial as we found only 1% of providers are offering full COVID protection. Plus, find out the latest on the traffic lights system and what it could mean for your trip. We are witch. Last summer, your hopes of travelling abroad were virtually wiped out with all but essential travel banned. But this year, with the government's opening up of travel, it's a slightly more confusing picture. The new traffic light system is now a kind of holy grail for anyone looking to book a holiday or anyone on tenter hooks about whether an already booked trip will go ahead, maybe even one pushed back from last year. But as we know um, from when Portugal moved from green to amber a few weeks back, the list is very much not set in stone. Before we get into the vitals of how it affects refunds and travel insurance, Naomi, what does it mean for a destination to be green, amber or red list and how will it affect your travel plans? Based on COVID-19 health metrics, the spread of variants and vaccination uptake, the government's placed all destinations on three of these traffic light lists. These lists are reviewed every three weeks and with destinations easily slipping on and off the lists uh, without much warning. No one would have predicted Portugal to come off the green list as fast as it did, which makes planning a trip pretty difficult. 
If your greenness country slips to amber, you're faced with a difficult decision on whether to travel against government advice and face additional testing costs Mm -hmm. and home quarantine or risk losing the cost of your whole trip. Um, Whichever list your holiday destination is on, you need to be aware of each country's entry requirements as well as the UK's rules and costs involved before booking. For a green list country, you have to take a pre-departure test as well as a PCR test on your return. Um, You're not supposed to go on holiday to an amber list country, but if you do, you'd have to fork out for a pre-departure test two PCR tests and quarantine. And then with a red list country, you face a pricey £1,750 stay in a government managed quarantine hotel for 10 days. And then you'll also have to pay for pre-departure tests and two PCR tests. So it's, it's an expensive gamble. Yeah, absolutely. The costs rack up, don't they? They really do. Yeah. As the traffic light system continues to be reviewed, booking a holiday abroad in the coming months obviously comes with a degree of financial risk, but there are ways to substantially reduce it. Jenny, aside from travel insurance, which we'll give some well-needed time to in a moment, how can you protect your pocket when booking a trip? Oh, isn't it isn't it strange now to think that there was once a time when the only question mark really around your trip was something like, you know, how many outfits to pack or what factor sun cream <laughs> to take. It, but I mean, now we're, we're in the crazy situation where you're not even sure if you're going to be able to make it to your destination. I can totally understand, understand why all of the uncertainty that's gone on for so long would put you off booking a holiday altogether. The good news um, for anyone itching for an escape to somewhere with a bit more uh, reliable sunshine is that it is possible to book a holiday in a way that will avoid you being left out of pocket if you either can't or no longer want to take the trip. So I've got three key points for you. First of all, book a package. Um, There are two huge advantages to package holidays in terms of consumer protection. For starters, all package bookings are covered by the package travel regulations. This means that you are legally entitled to your money back within 14 days if the provider cancels or significantly alters your booking. Um, Package bookings also come with built-in insolvency protection. So if your holiday provider goes bust uh, before you head off, you'll get a full refund. If your trip has already begun, um, you'll be repatriated. Buying flights and uh, accommodation through the same provider at the same time counts, as does something like adding a rental car to your your airfare. So Mm. it's not the case that you need to go for a big, all-inclusive package trip. Uh, There are lots of other ways that you could qualify for that really valuable protection. Of course, there are some trips um, you're going to be taking where a package isn't appropriate. You know, if you're going to be staying with friends and family abroad and you just want to book a flight. In those situations, um, the key here is to check that your flight is flexible. So on the face of it, um, booking a standalone flight should be no riskier than a package because both are protected by law. So if an airline cancels your flight, it must offer to refund you within seven days. But unfortunately, as we've seen um, throughout the pandemic, airlines have continued to operate flights going to places that holidaymakers can't actually visit. Um, so you can't travel, but neither can, can you get your money back because the flight hasn't officially been cancelled. So it's a, a kind of frustrating and ridiculous situation. Uh, fortunately, many airlines have made their booking policies more flexible um, and that should mean that you aren't left out of pocket. Whichever airline you're going with, um, one thing to be wary of is is, uh, official flexi tickets. 
basically they're, they're a bit of a bygone to the pre-pandemic era that will give you greater flexibility around uh, like changing the t- date and time of your flights as well as a few other perks like uh, like a bigger baggage allowance but they are looking much less good value now that many airlines have in- introduced uh, flexibility as standard as a result of the pandemic so so be on the be on the watch out for that sort of thing finally point number 3 pay by credit card. This is a really good rule of thumb for any big purchase really. Um, but are obviously gonna it's gonna be a particularly good idea with with all of the uncertainty around holidays at the moment. Um, and that's nothing to do with spreading the cost of, of your purchase. It's to do with this special protection that comes with any purchases of more than a hundred pounds all the way up to thirty thousand pounds. It's a piece of legislation called Section 75. What that means is that your credit provider is jointly liable for any breach of contract or misrepresentation by uh, a retailer or service provider or holiday company airline in this particular case. So if you are in a situation where your holiday provider or airline cancels your holiday and illegally refuses to refund you, um, you can then turn to your credit card provider to get your money back via Section 75. Um, the, the watch out here is obviously make sure you pay off um, your credit card uh, bill by um, by the statement deadline to avoid incurring extra in- interest charges. And back to a point you mentioned there, Jenny, about, say, if your flight isn't cancelled, but you can't actually travel, how are holiday companies responding to the traffic light system? So if your destination is on the amber or red list, what's likely to happen? Because as you say, if your holiday is cancelled, that could potentially make getting a refund easier. But if it's not and you don't want to travel, could you get your money back? So one of the main issues we're finding is that the traffic light list and the FCDO advice don't match when it comes to ambulance destinations. So as we know, holiday providers are still taking people to ambulance destinations. And as the airlines are still running, even if you don't want to go, you're not automatically entitled to a refund. Few tour operators or airlines allow for refunds when a country changes from the green list to the amber list. And rebooking often involves paying more money. Um, Some holiday providers may allow you a date or destination change if the country changes from amber to green. But if the uh, trip that you're doing in future is more expensive, you'll have to pay those costs. Um, For red lists, it's actually a lot clearer. The FCDO warns against travel to all of these countries. So holiday companies have to cancel your trip and offer a refund Uh, to travel to a red list country would likely invalidate your, your travel insurance. So it'd be a risky thing to do. But listeners will remember that last year, millions of holidaymakers were left out of pocket when some companies refused to refund even cancelled trips. And this brings us to the point of how important it is to book with the right company. Naomi, did these customers ever get their money back? Some did, some didn't, which, as you've said, is, is highlights the importance of making sure that you choose a company with the right flexible booking policy, um, which first reported that airlines were withholding refunds over a year ago. And earlier that this year, we found that an estimated 2.3 million people in the UK hadn't received their money back for flights that they couldn't take during the pandemic. Airlines, um, including EasyJet, TUI and Jet2, told us back in January that they were refunding customers who were unable to legally travel, but some BA and Ryanair customers have struggled to get a refund. Uh, now, the CMA is investigating if these two airlines' refusal to refund customers when they couldn't legally fly, so this was during the most strict lockdowns, um, whether that's in breach of consumer law. If they conclude it is, then these customers should get their refunds too, but obviously it's a ridiculously long wait given that it should have been within 14 days. 
So failing holiday protections, flexible bookings and paying on credit card, what about travel insurance? When it comes to getting protection in COVID times, what will insurers pay out for? Find out after a quick break. Hi, everybody. It's Rob here, the producer of the Witch Money podcast and our new podcast, Witch Investigates. Now, every week on Witch Investigates, I work with the brilliant journalist and producer Greg Foote to find out the facts and see who's actually delivering on the promises we see on packaging, in the press or shared on social media. Our first season is focusing on claims of sustainability, so that's everything from plant-based to plastic-free, eco-travel to electric cars, and we'll be figuring out what genuinely reduces our environmental impact and what is simply greenwashing. We release episodes every Friday, and this week we'll be finding out what you could be eating to help both you and the planet. In the episode, we'll be hearing from a dairy farmer, from academics, dietitians, as well as a journalist who gave me a unique insight into the world of vegan meat. They had made this promotional video about how their chicken was made. They picked up this discarded feather, took this feather back to the laboratory, and they say from cells from the feather, the discarded feather, uh, they were able to create meat in a lab. Just search Witch Investigates wherever you get your podcasts. Witch has done a huge investigation into travel insurance, painstakingly analysing over 250 policies to work out which insurers offer the best cover. Now, shockingly, only two of the policies we examined offer what we're calling complete cover. Here's Witch journalist Dean Sobers with the breakdown. So what we did was we contacted 86 travel insurance firms to get information about their policies. And this included um, details about their general levels of cover, but also a series of questions about how their policies um, would cover customers if their trips were affected by COVID-19. There were lots of of results from the analysis. It was a pretty comprehensive bit of work, but I'd say the most pertinent Um, concerned what cover you might expect if COVID-19 interferes with your journey. We've kind of got a gold standard of level of COVID cover, um, which is um, basically the level of cover that you'd have had a reasonable chance of finding before the pandemic started. Specifically, before the pandemic started, if between you booking your holiday and going on your trip, um, the Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office changed their stance about whether you should go or not, you would generally be able to make a cancellation claim if you had to cancel for that reason. So I guess key result here was that just two policies that we saw, so that's fewer than one in 100, now offer that protection. On the medical expenses front, all the policies that we're aware of are pretty much unaffected by COVID. So they will all cover you if you get sick or you have to return early because you've, because you've, because you've become sick. But it's on the cancellation front where... Um, There are lots and lots of exclusions that apply to travel insurance because of COVID. The pandemic is what they consider um, a a known event um, and insurers generally won't cover things that are already happening. But we do think that there is a problem in that it's still not clear to a lot of customers where the limits of their products lie when it comes to traveling now. One of the reasons that we did this research 
was to was to address this and what we've done is we put a lot of information up on our website which.co.uk forward slash money to to try and provide a bit of that clarity Jenny, the two kind of gold standard insurers that we found that cover if the FCO advises against travel to your destination and you need to cancel, what are they? And I'm really interested to know how much will a policy as comprehensive and singular as this, remember it's just two out of 250, how much will it set you back? Those rare two insurers that we believe offer um, complete cover are HSBC, it's select and cover, Um, policy and Barclays travel pack. Now, the thing to note with both of those policies is that you do need to be an existing customer of each bank. So with Barclays, you'll need to be a current account customer. With HSBC, you can have uh, have a current account, savings account, mortgage or credit card to get access to that policy. But you could just take out a savings account with as little as as one pound um, in order to to take advantage of that that, um, comprehensive policy. And generally speaking, have travel insurance policies gone up since the pandemic? At this stage, it's quite it's quite tricky to say. There's been some interesting pricing quirks in that um, customers now are tending towards single trip policies, which are tre- uh, which are cheaper, and also to Europe only policies, which again are are cheaper. So I guess that would bring down potentially the average cost of travel insurance um, that people are paying right now. But if you were to compare, you know, like for like prices pre and post pandemic, I think it's likely that you would see a bit of a a bit of a bump in those uh, today. Um, we did actually ask insurers uh, back at the end of last year if they had raised their prices or uh, or would do so in the near future because of the pandemic. Um, and almost two thirds of the insurers that, that answered that question said that they had or they would. Um, in some cases, that comes down to a higher volume of claims. Obviously, you know, we know they've been inundated with claims in the past year or so. Other insurers did also point to uh, improvements they've made to their to their cover, um, which I don't know, I'll, I'll remain sort of healthily sceptical about uh, on, the, on the basis of the, the reviews we've carried out recently. And to go back to our findings that we just heard from Dean, we also put these to Sarah Brody, policy advisor at the Association of British Insurers. Here's Sarah speaking to our producer, Rob. The primary purpose of travel insurance is to provide emergency medical cover and all ABI members will continue to provide that cover, including for any medical treatment related to COVID-19. I do appreciate that there are a number of exclusions that may exist as a result of COVID-19 and I think that people most closely need to look out for any cancellation cover they have as a result of COVID-19 because this is likely there's likely to be some exclusions around this because COVID-19 was a known risk when the policy was taken out. On, on that then I think you know a lot of consumers would say that the pandemic's been going on for a long time could the insurance companies have come up with better solutions for these cancellations you know the time a lot of time has passed since the pandemic began do you what would your answer be to those people so the risk of um, a change in FCDO advice or um, a, a change in government guidance meaning that people can't travel still poses a massive risk. I think, to insurers and insurance is a risk-based product. And I think because the 
the circumstances are still evolving. We still don't have any certainty around the ability to travel and when people are going to be able to travel. So I think the way that people need to get around it is that they need to be really clear from the outset when they're booking their holiday, what are their rights with their airline? What are their rights with their accommodation provider? I know that airlines and accommodation providers, tour operators are offering a lot more flexibility now for customers that book their trips. And if those trips need to be moved to a later date, they are offering that kind of flexibility. It's a good question Rob asks there because it does seem that insurers are leaving you unprotected for so many eventualities. When it comes to the traffic light system, what does this mean for your insurance? Well, first of all, um, as Naomi has already pointed out, if you travel against government advice, so uh, a country on the amber or the red list, you are likely to invalidate your travel insurance. And that's going to leave you unprotected for everything while you're away, including any claims that you might have to make um, completely unrelated to the pandemic. So, you know, if you get injured or um, you lose your luggage, if a country gets put on the amber or red list just before you're about to go, um, don't assume you'll be able to claim on your insurance for cancellation. As we heard from Dean earlier, just uh, sorry, because uh, we've already spoken about as we've already discussed, uh, just two of the policies we looked at offer cover in this scenario. So if if you do find yourself in that boat, really, um, you're going to need to speak to your holiday provider and find out um, what uh, what arrangements they will be able to make. If you're already on holiday and the destination switches lists while you're away, as we saw with Portugal, um, your insurance will actually still apply. So including emergency medical treatment. But um, what you need to watch out for in that scenario is that you could be stung for some unexpected quarantine hotel costs when you get when you get back to the UK. The ABI says um, you're really unlikely to be able to turn to your insurer to cover these costs. But do check with uh, with your insurer if you find yourself in that situation. So flexible holiday bookings really seem to be key. And, and Sarah raises this point, too, that we've already discussed today about examining the T's and C's on your bookings. And of course, the same applies to your travel insurance. Jenny, what are the most important features? And I know we've mentioned a few already. What should you be looking out for? Well, as, as Sarah has said, the main job of travel insurance is to provide emergency medical cover. And that includes treatment uh, that you might need as a result of COVID-19. But different insurers will offer different levels of cover. Um, so you'll need to you'll need to pay attention to that. Um, we recommend a cover limit of five million pounds worldwide. Obviously, you know, despite emergency medical cover being the primary purpose of travel insurance, it's really cancellation cover um, that most people are going to be looking at since the pandemic. But of course, as we've already covered, a lot of exclusions apply here. Um, you'll need it if you want to be able to claim on your policy for uh, for refunds if COVID-19 stops you travelling for any reason and you can't get your money back from your holiday provider. But you, sh you should be turning to your holiday provider first. Um, insurance really is, is designed to be a last resort in, in these scenarios. Uh, but sadly, few policies will cover cancellation related to COVID-19 because, as we've already heard, as Dean has explained, it is now classed as a known risk. Um, so, yeah, re really, when you're looking at cancellation cover, make sure you understand all of the different um, exclusions that apply in, in various COVID related scenarios and crucially make sure that the cancellation cover limit covers the value of your holiday. Finally, I think the, the, the key point I'd uh, 
draw attention to when, when looking for for any type of insurance really um but is is to look at the the excess so if you do need to make a claim on your insurance for any reason that's the amount that you'll have to pay uh towards the payout so make sure you know what you could be on the hook for and that you would uh, be able to afford it and now jenny and naomi i've got a couple more covid related what ifs here that i think would be really helpful for our listeners and um, so firstly what happens if you have to cancel because of a positive covid test or you're told to isolate by test and trace now those two scenarios are treated differently by insurers you are more likely to be covered by your insurer in the first case uh, so that's if you have to cancel because you've tested positive for covid um 86% of the insurers we looked at in our in our analysis uh cover you for that but if you're told to self isolate a much smaller pool of insurers um are going to cover you in that in that situation uh it's just 32% according to our research so I mean, again, it comes back to the point of of turning to your to your holiday provider or airline first. You might not actually need to call upon your travel insurance. You might just be able to reschedule or rebook your, your flights or holiday um, for free. So, so do again check the terms of your of your holiday booking first. And while our government might say you don't need to quarantine coming back from a particular destination, the place you're going to is likely to have its rules of its own. How can you find these out? And what if your destination requires you to quarantine on arrival? So before travelling, um, you'll have to keep an eye on, on your destination on the FCDO government website regarding all the entry requirements for different destinations. These are pretty up to date and um, will let you know whether uh, suddenly you have to quarantine on arrival, as we've seen for Italy, for instance. Um, so check check when you've booked, check before you book. And then in terms of which company, which provider you choose, what their policy is, if this happens, whether you can change the dates, um, it's, it's all very dependent on who you choose to book with. And finally, then, if after all of this, you decide against booking a holiday abroad this summer, there is always a UK break where you can now travel freely between England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. That said, the government issued guidance against travelling in and out of areas where the Delta variant is especially prevalent. And you can find more information on this on the government website at gov.uk forward slash coronavirus. But in terms of how we can and can't travel in the UK, uh, June 21st didn't come with quite the bang many of us hoped for as the government held back on lifting some restrictions. Naomi, can you remind us of the rules for UK breaks? Absolutely. So all accommodation in Wales is open, but you can only share the accommodation with three households. In England, you can stay with up to six people from any number of households or any number of people from two households. But as you've mentioned, those in areas where the Delta variant is spreading are discouraged from meeting inside. So that will scupper your holiday plans. In Scotland, holiday accommodation is also open, but holidaymakers from various areas where COVID rates are high, including Manchester and Bolton, are not permitted to travel there. Um, The rules are a little more complicated there, where eight people from four households can share a holiday accommodation in level zero areas and six people from three households in level one or two areas. For Northern Ireland, you can stay in accommodation with up to six people from two households. But it's worth bearing in mind that each region has restriction assessments coming up in the next few weeks and days. So all of this could change soon and some of these restrictions could be eased. Um, And as as we thought would happen June 21st, the, the date's been pushed back to July now, but they may also change for England then. 
Thank you so much to Jenny and Naomi for joining us today. And you might have heard some seagulls in the background um, of Jenny's audio. And that's because she's in Devon. Um, very fitting for uh, today's travel episode. And thank you for listening to today's show. As always, if you've got a comment or question on anything we've mentioned today, please let us know in the comments wherever you're listening to the podcast or on social media at Which Money. And for more travel advice and news, visit witch.co.uk forward slash travel. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was recorded by Ian Aikman, edited and produced by Rob Lilly with additional support from Kim Carver.